0: Well, tonight, I'm going to take a drink of water, praise the Lord. (laughs) My voice is strong. I did preach twice yesterday. (laughs) And didn't drink enough water today. Shame on me. Drink your water. Amen. Well, tonight we're going to talk about praying just a little bit. It's going to be a little different. We're going to read a lot of scriptures and then we are going to pray. How many of you came to pray tonight? You're ready to offer your supply. And the main thing that I had on my heart was to pray for our nation. Now, sometimes when you mention that you're going to pray for the nation, it's like slim pickens. Very few people come. They're like, ah, man, I want to pray about getting stuff. I want to pray about miracles. I want to pray, you know, maybe about the loss, which are all good things to pray for. And I have to be honest with you. We all have certain bents in, in our prayer life. And for me, I do love, I love to pray about the glory. I love to pray about harvest. I love to pray about miracles. And when it came time to pray, uh, you know, for our nation, I do it out of obedience because the word of God said so, but it wasn't always like, oh, yippee, I get to pray about the nation. But it It is important because it is the word of God. Now, if we were all to get really honest, I'm just going to quote something that I saw from Lynn Hammond. I thought this was really good. If we were to get really honest, we may have to admit... That uh, if we're believing for our nation right now, that it's hard, it's hard maybe to use your faith for our nation right now because we've seen so much ungodly junk. I mean, if you turn on the news, you see, you know, corruption in the political scene, you see corruption when it comes in the financial realm, just a lot of corruption. And then you see a lot of junk perversion on every hand. So if you were just to look at things in the natural, you could get discouraged and say, how in the world am I going to pray for my nation? How can we pray in faith? But I'm thankful for the word of God. And this is what the word says in Romans 10:17. it says, so then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Faith, especially to pray for our nation, it does not come by watching CNN or by reading the newspaper. Or faith to pray for our nation (laughs) does not come by having lunch with a friend and talking about how how bad things are are or getting together with a relative and discussing politics. Faith does not come that way. And if that's what we're looking at, we're not going to be able to pray based upon the word of God. What does this scripture just said? It just says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So tonight with the help of the Holy Spirit and on purpose, we're going to look at some scriptures that will, help us and encourage us to be in faith about what's going to happen in our nation. God is not finished with the United States of America. Our nation was raised up on godly principles. It was founded from the heart of God with destiny on our land and we shall fulfill our destiny. Our nation is not going under. And If you know anything about prophecy, our nation is not going to be a goat nation. Our nation is a sheep nation. We're going to bless Israel. We're going to get the blessings of God flowing in our land and we are going to have revival in the United States of America. America. There's been many revivals in our nation throughout history. There's been much prayer that has been prayed regarding the loss, regarding the harvest of this land, and those seeds are coming up Amen. in Jesus' name. So, just so you know, we're not here talking that the United States is doomed and it's going to be destroyed. Absolutely not. We here are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. This is our territory. This is our domain. And the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man. It makes tremendous power available, dynamic in its workings. Of course we know that there have been attacks against our nation, not just terrorist attacks. Even I think greater than that have been the attacks in the realm of the spirit attacks to come against that foundation of our nation attacks to take prayer Out of school. Attacks to, you know, where people can't say the pledge of allegiance. Those are ungodly attacks. But in Jesus' name, no weapon formed against us is going to prosper. Our nation is having a turn. We're turning back to how God established us. And how does that begin to happen? Well, it begins to happen in the hearts of the people of God. 2nd Chronicles chapter 7 verse 14. And I know this is talking um, you know, if, if you want to take it literally, it's talking about the nation of Israel, but so many scriptures in the Bible have dual meaning and this can apply to us and our nation as well. If my people, everybody say my people, See, we cannot look... To the political scene. We can't look to people that don't know God to bring change in our nation. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my faith and turn from their wicked ways. Then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and heal their land. How many of you in here tonight belong to God? I don't know about you, but I'm God's. Are you God's? I saw a lot of hands go up. If you belong to him, then you qualify as being his people. And we, his people, if we lift up our voice. In faith. That's why we got to look at the word of God. If we just look at what's going on and we just read the newspaper and listen to the media, we're not going to be lifting up our voice in faith. We're going to be on the floor crying with our face in the carpet saying all hope is lost, but not us. We're going to humble ourselves under the mighty hand of God and recognize Lord God. We need you we need you in our nation. Lord, we repent. The church does need to repent. Uh, Lots of things that are going on in this nation should have never gotten a stronghold. If the church would have been the church and prayed and rose up like we were supposed to, a lot of these ungodly laws would have never happened. We can't blame people. We can't blame the government. If people are not born again, they're just following after their father, the devil, and they give in to the pressures of this world and of this age. But we, the church, we're the deciding factor. We're the one that has the loudest and the greatest voice to declare how it is going to be. And sometimes we think, well, you know, Especially if our president, if the congressman or whoever they are, if they don't know God, then there's no hope for God to speak to them or to use them. I beg to differ with you. You can look in the word of God. It's pretty astounding down through the ages when God was dealing with the children of Israel and he prophesied that they were going to do this and they were going to do that. God used ungodly, wicked kings many times to get Israel in that place and that position that he had prophesied for them. Even when Nehemiah went to rebuild the walls, the king was not a Christian, but he said, go rebuild the walls. He wasn't a a man of God. Go rebuild the walls. I'm going to supply all this stuff for you. God is not limited to just using Christians. We have to get that settled in our thinking and in our heart. Then that will help us. This verse here in Proverbs 21, one kind of verifies that the King's heart is in the hand of the Lord. Like the rivers of water, he turns it wherever he wishes It's awesome to have godly leaders and we pray for their salvation. We pray that people in authority would get born again, but God's not limited. Even if they don't, even if they never confess Jesus as Lord, God can still turn their hearts. And I'm not saying our president is born again or not born again. I do not really know. And I'm not the judge. I don't know. He has to answer to God. But regardless of what his spiritual condition is, we can pray that God turns his heart, the heart of the king, Sometimes when I pray for our president and I pray for our governor, oh Jesus, in tongues, pray over the mayors of the cities, pray over those in authority. I can just see it in my spirit. It's like with my heart, I take them and I lift their heart up to the Lord. And I just see God softening their heart. I see the Holy Spirit moving upon them and turning them. To the direction that they need to go. There's many evil influences. In our nation's capital. In our state capital. You know we're not glorifying the devil. But you know he sets up strongholds. Over those places. And even men and women. With good hearts. Even people that are morally right. Sometimes even born again. They get to those places. They get to Washington D.C. They get to Sacramento. And their heart begins to be influenced by darkness and by corruption. But we as the church need to pray their hearts turn. They don't yield. You can see it sometimes. You can almost see it how people that at one time they're saying things that are right. They're doing things that are right. And then you almost see it like they turn and they yield to a spirit over here and they say something completely opposite. But our prayers, our prayers Have the authority. We can't, you know, they've got a will, absolutely. But our prayers, based on the word, have the authority to cause them to turn and yield to godly influence. To take the path that will lead our nation in a place of prosperity, into a place of peace, wisdom given and granted unto them. That verse does not say God only uses the godly. But we know in other passages that God does raise up. God does remove. God exalts and God puts down. I think the lesson learned in all of this is God is God. And we get to work with him. We get to work with establishing his plan and his purpose in our lives but also a bigger picture in our nation and in the world. It's a time that God's dealing with the nations of the earth and we get to work with him. It's awesome when you think about it. Amen. Amen. And when we pray, we must pray in faith. We need to be asking that God grant them wisdom James chapter one, verse five. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives to all liberally and without reproach, and it will be given to him. And then the next verse tells us how we have to ask. We have to ask in faith, ask in faith believing God gives us wisdom to deal with the affairs of our lives. Anybody in here ever needed some wisdom ever faced something that you didn't know what to do. That was bigger than you. Aren't you glad that you can look up, say, Lord, I need wisdom. And I thank you that I've got the mind of Christ and the wisdom of God is formed on the inside of me. I'm asking right now. I'm tapping into that wisdom from above. We can do that for ourselves and we can pray for our leaders that they will have wisdom. You do know that there's a huge decision that's going to be coming up this week on whether to do something in Syria or not do something in Syria. I don't know what we should do. And if you think you know, you're probably wrong. You don't know either. But God knows the best route to take. God knows what should happen. Because whatever happens, if we do something, we know there's potential retaliation against Israel. I mean, it, it, all these things. All these things are going to line up. All these things are going to happen. Through prophecy, we see that there is coming a time when Damascus is going to be no more. But I don't know if that time is right now. I don't know. But he does know. And that's why I'm so thankful for the Holy Spirit. We pray in the Spirit. We pray out of our heart, not our heads. Prayer doesn't begin here, you know that? That's why you can't watch the media and then say, okay, well, I'm going to pray what they just said. You know, you see things on the media that need prayer for sure. But when they put something out there, most of the time it's not even accurate anyway. But if something goes off on the inside of you, start praying from your heart. That's where prayer begins. Prayer begins from the heart of the Father. He's got a will. He's got an intent. He's got a divine plan. Prophecy shall be fulfilled. But it needs to be fulfilled in the right time. If things are heating up too quick in the Middle East, then we need to say, calm down. Calm down. It needs to happen at the right time. On God's timetable, not ours. Not our nation's. On God's timetable. So Father God, He knows everything. He knows how things are going to turn out and when they're going to turn out. So it comes from him. The Holy Spirit, it says in the book of John, he takes what he hears the father say, speaks it to us. He puts it in our hearts. And then when he drops it in our heart, that's when we pray it out. We pray out what the Holy Spirit heard the father say. And that's why it's so wonderful to pray in tongues. If you're not yet filled with the Spirit, you can be tonight. Like I said this morning particularly, come back next Sunday night, bring people that aren't filled with the Holy Spirit. I don't know really in this day and age how people can live without the helper. He is our heavenly helper. And he helps us in all the affairs of our life. But oh, what a helper in the area of prayer. So he hears what the Father is saying about your life about our nation, drops it in our heart, then we pray it out, we lift it up to Him. Prayer is a circle. It begins from the heart of the Father, puts it in our heart, lifting it right back up to Him. That's how it happens. Circle in the realm of the Spirit. So we pray these prayers in faith. And our prayers over our nation... Give the Holy Spirit and give God license to move here. This is our land. This is our territory. God has chosen to give mankind authority in the earth. You've got the most authority in your family than anybody does. We love your family, but if your kids are little hellraisers, you got the authority. To take authority over that spirit that's trying to attack your family. If there's trouble in your finances, we'll come into agreement with you. But those finances, those kids, your body, your marriage needs to hear your voice. You've got the most authority there. We come alongside you. As your friends, as your, your fellow believers. But you got to lift up your voice. And that's why us as citizens of the United States of America, whether you're a citizen or not, if you live here, you got authority here. Amen. And our nation needs to hear the voice of the church. My people praying and speaking. The word of God. Now this is a familiar scripture and we're going to look over in 1 Timothy chapter 2. We're saying a lot of things tonight I didn't intend to say. I usually come with quite a few notes. I have very few tonight. So we're just following the Holy Spirit. He's saying what he wants to say and then we're going to pray what he wants us to pray. Hallelujah. 1 Timothy chapter 2 verse 1. Therefore, I exhort first of all supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men, for kings and all who are in authority, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and reverence. I like the fact that it said here, first of all, supplications, prayers, intercessions, giving of Thanks needs to be made for all men, but particularly for those in authority. It's not prayer to get down on your knees and start complaining about the Democrats or complaining about the Republicans. He did not say, I say, therefore, first of all, mumble, grumble, and talk to me about everything that they're doing wrong. No, he said, you give thanks. Give thanks. Give thanks to the fact that you live in a country, the land of the free and the home of the brave. Give thanks that you live in a country where we can come together on Sunday night and lift up holy hands. We can run down the aisles and swing from the lights if we want to. And nobody's going to come in here and shut our meeting down. Thank God for religious freedom. It's gone way to the extreme. But thank God that we are free to worship him. However we want to, whatever we see in the word, hallelujah. Thank God that's something to give thanks for. So first of all, give thanks, give thanks for those that are in authority. Then it doesn't say that we're to talk to everybody about all that's going on. It says intercessions intercede is to stand in the gap. One de- definition of intercession is to hold back judgment. There's decisions that have been made. There's laws that have been passed that are flat outright ungodly from the pit of hell. But again, if my people who are called by my name, humble themselves and pray, give thanks that our nation is a godly nation. Give thanks that we can lift up our voice boldly standing in the gap for our nation. Intercession is touching God with one hand and touching the other person that doesn't know God. It's a bridge between God and mankind. In this case, it can be a bridge between God and our nation standing in the gap, crying out For mercy for our land. Holding back judgment. And judgment will be held back as long as we will pray the word of God. Then he goes on and he said here, some of the benefits of praying this kind of prayer is that we will lead a quiet and a peaceable life. Do you know what prayer does? Prayer stops riots. Prayer calms down national turmoil. Prayer removes racism. He said, if you will pray for those in authority, you'll be able to lead a quiet and a peaceable life. When a nation is in an uproar, And so much turmoil going on. It does affect the preaching of the gospel. Because it's a distraction to people. Sometimes people quit going to church. They're pulled here. They're pulled there. But when a nation is at peace. Glory be to God. The gospel can have free course. Then he goes on and he starts talking about. This is what. I want you to pray. Verse 3. For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior. What's his final ultimate desire? Who desires all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth? That's the desire of the Father. And that's how we can pray for our nation. It is a time and it is a season of great shaking going on throughout the earth. And this reminds me of the verse over in Haggai chapter 2. Let me find Haggai. He's one of them little guys. Haggai, however you want to say it. Haggai chapter 2. Oh yeah, I did tell them that, didn't I? Okay, well I want to look at it in my Bible. Verse 6, for thus says the Lord of hosts, once more, it is a little while, and I will shake heaven and earth. Is that happening? It is happening. The sea and the dry land. And I will shake how many nations? All nations. And they shall come to the desire of all nations. And I will fill this temple with glory, says the Lord of hosts. One of the reasons that there is a major shaking, shaking happening... In the nations of the earth. Because there are so many nations that do not have the freedom that we have to preach the gospel. There are nations that are oppressed, that are under ungodly rulership and dictatorship. And as those nations begin to shake and those those wicked, evil spirits that have had strongholds over their nation, they begin to come down. Look what happened, even in the nation of Russia. Look what happened behind the iron curtain. Look what's happening behind the bamboo curtain. Glory to God, things are shaken. And when those things, those kingdoms of darkness that have tried to set up rulership over nations, as those nations are begin to be shaken. Why? It's because... Of this verse that we read, the desire of his heart is that all men would be saved. He wants people to have the freedom to hear the gospel. Glory be to God. And then you read this sometimes you could think, well, that doesn't go with, you know, we're talking about nations shaken. We're talking about people getting saved. And then all of a sudden he says, verse 8, the silver is mine. The gold is mine, says the Lord of hosts. The connection here with the shaking of all nations is the wealth. Pastor said it this morning, over 400 billionaires, is that what you said? Billionaires in our country, in the United States, think about around the world. I don't know how many of those people know God, probably not very many, but when God begins to shake nations. When God begins to do what he's going to do in the earth as we pray and we give him place to do it. Guess what? That's silver. That's why that verse is there. That's silver. And that gold is getting shaken, shaken, shooken. That's not a word. Shaken loose. And it's coming out of the hands of the wicked into the church. Mostly God's desire would be when that shaking happens, that they would come into his kingdom with their silver and their gold. That's how we pray. We're not just after their money. We're after their heart. We want them in the kingdom of God. But if their heart is hard and they're going to stay over under that old system, woo, that's all right. God can shake that money loose out of their hands. The silver and the gold is mine says the Lord of hosts. Why do we need the silver? Why do we need the gold? Because when that shaking begins to happen in the nations of the earth there's going to be a mighty influx of souls. We're going to need the silver and the gold to bring in The harvest. It's all connected. The very next verse. The glory of this latter temple shall be greater than of the former, says the Lord of hosts. And in this place I will give peace, says the Lord of hosts. Again, it's about souls. It's about harvest. It's about the glory of the Lord covering the earth. Do you think the United States is part of that? Absolutely. Our nation is a great nation. And we are going to have harvest here. We're going to have the glory of the Lord here. We are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And because we are here our nation shall be exalted. I saw this scripture today. Proverbs 14, 34. They're probably going to get that up there. Righteousness exalts a nation. Who in here is righteous? If you don't know that you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, you need to listen to some messages by Pastor Mark. We are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And because we are here, our nation shall be exalted. I'm speaking blessing over our nation. Deuteronomy chapter four, verse six. We're going to read a few more scriptures here. Deuteronomy four, verse six. Hallelujah. Well, get that one up here. Deuteronomy. Isn't there a song? Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy. Maybe I didn't write that one down. I probably didn't. Deuteronomy 4, verse 6. Therefore, be careful to observe them, for this is your wisdom and your understanding in the sight of the peoples, who will hear of all these statues and will say, Surely this great nation is a wise and understanding people. Again, it's talking to Israel, but hey, we can take it for us. For what great nation is there that has God so near to it as the Lord our God is to us? For whatever reason we may call upon him. I love that when I read that today. For what great nation is there that has God so near to it as the Lord our God is to us? We ought to say that over our nation. Our nation is a great nation because God is near to us. Because we're righteous. And we are living here. That's a good scripture to write down. Psalms thirty three, twelve. Blessed is the nation, whose God is the Lord. The, then people he has chosen as his own inheritance. Blessed is the nation. Whose God is the Lord? Everybody say, My nation's blessed. Because God, God is the Lord of the United States of America. Then it goes on, it says, the people ha- that he has chosen as his own inheritance. When I read that, it reminded me of pastor's message this morning. Let's look over there at 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9. Glory be to God. We're just about to get done here with all these verses. Woo hallelujah. This was kind of fun. Just following the Holy Ghost tonight. I believe he's taking us where we need to go. First Peter chapter two, verse nine, but you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood. That verse that we just read said, blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord, the people that he has chosen. You and I are a chosen generation. We are a royal priesthood. And then what else are we? We are a holy nation. Of course, the people of God, the body of Christ is a holy nation. But I am saying our nation, the United States of America is a holy nation. Blessed of the Lord. Set apart for him. That word in there, it says you are called out of darkness. I've got a spirit filled Bible here. And that phrase called out there in the Greek literally means summoned. Summoned. Maybe you've gotten a summons to appear in court. I get summons all the time to be on jury duty. They like me, I guess, but whatever. Summonsed literally means to appear in court. To call forth to order. We have been called forth out of darkness, called forth into his marvelous light. And just as God has called you and I out of darkness, I saw this today. He has summoned the United States of America. He has called us. He has Appointed us. He has summoned us to appear, to appear as a righteous, holy nation Amen. set apart unto Him. So I started saying that today. The United States of America receive your summons. You are summoned by God to be a chosen nation. A holy people set apart under God. I got a couple of questions for you. And you know my fixings can be a little bit long. Fixing to close. Can a nation be changed in a day? Can prayer change the course of a nation? We've got the word of God that says that it can. But I also have a recent testimony to verify that it can. You can look this up on uh, C. What is it? The Christian ones? CBN's website. The title of it is "Can a Nation Be Saved in a Day?" Honduras says yes. Now I have it based on this article, and I also have it based. on on sort of first-hand information. How many of you know Pastor Sharon Daughtery, Victory Christian Center in Tulsa? Well, the the reason I looked this article up, Billy Brim was in Washington, D.C. for Christians United for Israel, the last part of July. And she was arriving, and as she was walking through the Washington, D.C. airport, Pastor Sharon Daughtery hollered and hunted her down. And she was just coming from Honduras. And she had... I witnessed this, what this article was sharing, shared. Can a nation be saved in a day? Thousands of American missionaries with Latin American believers proved this prophecy to be so. They targeted Honduras, one of the most violent nations in Central America. Their rallying cry was one nation in one day. It started with a record-breaking team of 2,000 short missionaries that spread around the country for a week-long gospel invasion unlike any seen before. And Pastor Sharon Dordery had led a group from her church down there to be a part of this. For many local pastors, it was an answer to prayer. The country is suffering a lot, said their president. And he is the one. he, He goes on national television and said that we are going to have one nation, one day. He went on and he declared on Saturday, Saturday to be a national holiday. I'm not sure what, date, what uh, the date was. That date, simultaneously rallies were held in 19 soccer stadiums throughout the entire country. And people were invited to follow the Lord Jesus Christ. Their soccer stadiums are not like our little soccer fields. They seat thousands of people. And the president of this country. He went on national television. And he, was, he said this. I'm, I'm skipping over some of it here. Let's see here. The country is suffering a lot. I already said that. And then the Honduras president admitted they needed God's help. He said the true solution to the problems of Honduras is first of all, we need to understand that God is the one that we need. He's the one who decides and orders everything. A few years ago this leader of this nation was really wicked really ungodly and I don't know all the circumstances but he died suddenly and this man came to power. I don't know if he's born again or not but some of the pastors started praying. The Christians started praying and it got to the president that they were praying and he went on national television and said one nation in one day I'm inviting all of you on this particular Saturday to go to these Christian rallies and follow God. Woo! Thousands and thousands of people were born again in a day. You don't think that's not changing the course of that nation in a day? It's changing in a day. I see change coming to our nation. It may not happen in a day, but it's going to happen suddenly, suddenly men's hearts turning to God suddenly revival breaking out in the streets suddenly miracles happening on Bart suddenly blind eyes being opened. People healed of incurable disease. And for years I have prayed this. Notable miracles. Notable miracles are ones that people set up and they take notice of. A notable miracle many times is connected to a person in a place of influence. Influence. Somebody that's got a voice. Somebody that can get on the media and say, I was bound, now I'm free. I was sick, now I'm healed. I was on my way to hell, now I'm on my way to heaven. Notable salvations, notable miracles in the name of Jesus. I'm just, you know, I, I know I need to probably quit. We're going to pray, but I'm just, woo! I'm blessed here. I'm on a roll. Isaiah chapter 9, verse 3. This is what I see happening in our nation. You have multiplied the nation and increased its joy. They rejoice before you according to the joy of harvest as men rejoice when they divide the spoils. Again, this is a good thing to speak over our nation. You have multiplied the nation of the United States of America. You are increasing our nation, increasing our economy, increasing the finances. And it's bringing joy and joy unspeakable into our country. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Let's all stand and we're going to find a place to jump off here. Praise God.